if you were to go on holiday to San Francisco, once you'd finished looking at, you know, all those cool things like the big red bridge and whatnot, you might wander your way down into the main part of town and look at San Francisco's Millennium Tower. It's a 58-storey uh, skyscraper with spectacular views, uh, full of apartments. You could buy one if you've got multiple millions of dollars. Uh, and some rich and famous people have at times owned uh, different apartments in this uh, wonderful uh, feat of modern engineering in this 58-storey skyscraper. However, before you shelled out all your cash on a beautiful tower overlooking that wonderful bridge in San Francisco, you might like to know that after it was built, not too long later, it sunk 16 inches at the base into the soft soil and landfill uh, that uh, the financial district of San Francisco is built on. Uh, and you also might like to know that it's, it hasn't been a universal sink for this tower. It's, it's, been a, it's sinking on one side. Uh, about uh, 10 years ago, it had a two-inch tilt at the base and a six-inch lean at the top, and I uh, looked it up uh, as I was preparing this sermon. It's now, and this is after the remedial work had been done, it's now at 29 inches uh, at the top tilt from left to right or right to left, whichever way it's going. Uh, that's, a, that's a bit of a problem. Uh, it's the, it's the modern-day leaning tower of Pisa. The Millennium Tower has a major problem, and it's a problem with its foundations, either by them not being dug properly in the first place, or perhaps some think it was when a train tunnel uh, got built underneath it that somehow messed it up. Who knows, but for whatever reason, this building has been on struggle since, since it was built, and it has been really hard to fix. In fact, it's still not fixed to this day. Well, Paul, writing to the Colossian church, is writing to them and he's telling them, get your foundations right at the start. As you grow as a Christian, grow and build yourself on the foundation of Jesus. If you want to be uh, strong and defended against wonky and shaky and sinking theology that's going to come in left and right from all different places, stick to Jesus. Build your lives on him. Build your life with the foundation of Christ as Lord. And in our reading today uh, from Colossians chapter 2 verses 6 and 7, we have what is a key sentence uh, in Colossians and it's a sentence I think that we can sort of use as a lens in which to, to understand and unpack all of what Paul says uh, in our reading today, which is what we're going to do. So, if you've got your Bibles over there, page 954, is that right? Yes, uh, that's the good thing about a letter. Uh, they, it lasts, it's, it's one page and I can remember it for like at least three or four weeks. Page 954, uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. Just there, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. That's Paul's foundational instruction to the Colossian church. Live with Jesus as Lord and build on that base. 
But what does it mean for Christ Jesus to be Lord and to receive him as Lord? Well, Paul unpacks a little of what it means for uh, the Colossians uh, in uh, the next verses. Let's go to verse 9. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. For Christ to be Lord is to believe uh, in the truth of Jesus' authority, of his supremacy that he uh, is uh, above all and over all as king. And in fact, Paul's made this point already, hasn't he? You remember back in chapter 1, in Colossians 1, chapter 15, uh, through verse 20, that beautiful uh, picture of Christ as king, as the, as the supreme Lord of all. Yeah, I'll just give you some highlights. The Son is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn over all creation. All things were created through him. He's before all things. All things hold together in him. He's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning of the firstborn among the dead, so that in everything in he has supremacy. The fullness of God dwells in him. Jesus is the supreme Lord. And because of his power and his authority, because he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he is able to bring us to fullness and to reconcile us to God, as we read in verses 9 and 10. And to become a Christian then, the foundation block for us as Christians is to acknowledge and receive Jesus as Lord. That's what Paul's reminding the Colossians that, 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 that they've done. You've received Christ as Lord, therefore continue to live your lives in him. And for us too, this is what it means for us to be Christian. It means that we believe that Jesus is the king, ruler over everything. We believe that Jesus is Lord. And as Christians, we've submitted our lives to his authority and lordship. This is foundation block number one. And it's a block that I think can be a little shaky and a little bit unpopular at times today. Part of that is because it's the anathema to our world's ears to say to them, you are not in charge of yourself, but God. God is. That's, a, that's an unpopular statement. You know, the, the way to be truly human today is to be completely autonomous and have every feeling that you have uh, be validated and so live it out uh, unhindered by anyone or anything else. And we say, no, sorry, you're not Lord. Jesus is. He's the ruler over everything. He's the one who you have to submit your lives to if you're going to become a Christian. And as Christians, I think we can feel uncomfortable with this too because, you know, we're we're children of our own culture. We like to think that we're in charge And so we can major on other things like Jesus is our lover or Jesus is our friend or Jesus is our saviour and all those things are true and wonderful. But Jesus can only be our saviour and friend and lover because he's our Lord. 
Jesus is Lord means he has total claim on our life. It means we have to trust him with everything that he says and do what he does every time. Uh, do what he says every time. And so I guess there's a challenge there for us, isn't there? To consider how we're going building our lives on that foundation block of Jesus as Lord. I think we know because God has this funny habit of his spirit prompting our conscience. We know when there's some area of our life that we're not letting the lordship of Christ reign over. And so let me encourage you today to consider, is there something in your life, your work life, your family life, your financial life, your romantic life? I don't know what it is. You do. God certainly does. Something where you know you need to change, you know you need to submit it to Christ's lordship, but you haven't because you you love it a little bit more or, or you're afraid of the consequences if you deal with it, whatever it might be. Let me encourage you today. The building block of faith is Jesus' Lord. Submit your lives to him. Paul doesn't just want the Colossians to do that once, to make a one-time decision and then walk away. No, he says to them, continue to live your lives in him. They need to keep growing and building on the foundation. We want a 58-storey tower built on a solid foundation as Christians. We want our lives to grow and develop uh, with a solid foundation. And so Paul, as he instructs them to live as Christ as Lord, encourages them in verse 6 again to live your lives in him. If Christ is your Lord, then your life should be marked by obedience to his teachings. And that's what actually Paul encourages them to do, isn't it, as he, as he unpacks this part of the letter. Verse 8, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. Paul's warning to the Colossian church is that they make sure that nothing else starts to undermine their foundation, that they don't let cool ideas that have nothing to do with Christ as Lord become uh, a second foundation. It's very tempting for us to want to believe something new or different uh, about Jesus and think that that's going to help us. But actually, Paul says, no, go back to that foundation gospel and build on that and allow that to work itself out in all aspects of your life as you go along. If you want to grow as a Christian, Paul's saying, keep digging into Christ and his teaching and his gospel. So Christ is Lord, keep on keeping on in that fact and be built up in it, verse 7, be rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, overflowing with thankfulness. This is the road to true spiritual growth. And if we don't have our foundation right, then we will fall over. 
just like that tower in San Francisco is doing. And Paul reminds the church again in this letter, uh, in our chapter today, of our foundation. He unpacks it a little more. Verse 11, in him, in Jesus, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the authorities and powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross." This is what it means for Christ to be Lord and to trust in the good thing that he has done for us. We've been buried and raised with him. Our sins have been forgiven. We are no longer condemned. All of that has been nailed to the cross and there is nothing, no power, no authority that can take our salvation from us in Jesus Christ. The cross is a sure and certain thing. We don't need anything else, no matter what anyone else tells you. And if we want to grow and be rooted and built up in our faith, then we need to go deeper with our roots in the gospel, with this news. And the thing is, it, it's a lifetime journey to understand the implications of what God has done for us. It's a lifetime journey to see less of us and our sin and more of Jesus and his holiness worked in us by his spirit as we continue to understand God's love for us and, and the cost of what he did for us. We don't grow by being a good religious person, by winning the approval of others, by following the latest Christian fad, promising your best life now. No, we stand on Christ, we go deep in Christ and we allow God's spirit to produce fruit. There must be something we can do, you say, Chris. Surely there's something we can do. Well, we need to have our foundation strengthened by the faith. So there is something we can do. That's his uh, last point. They've been rooted and built in up, verse 7, strengthened in the faith. That is, we need to build our lives and be students of the apostles' teaching, the Bible. We, that's the road to transformation. Our understanding of who Jesus is transforms us. And it helps us to flee from sin too. If you have a look uh, at verses 16 to 19, Paul there is uh, instructing the church uh, how they are to, to live and to flee from sin. And what he says there is when someone comes to you and says, hey, you know, you need to not do this thing and you're actually not saved just by believing in Jesus, but you're saved because you're not doing certain things. The Christian who 
builds their life on the word of God knows that, that that's a spurious claim. They know that they're, that they're not saved by adding on laws to the gospel, but they're saved by Christ. So when someone comes along and says, you're not saved because you're eating pork, or you're not saved because you don't observe the Sabbath, this is what was happening to the Colossian church, they go, well, hang on, I know what Jesus has done, I've read the Old Testament, and I know that I am saved by faith, and I know that Jesus fulfilled those things, and I know this because my foundation is in Christ. I don't need your rules, I just need Jesus. But just as rules don't rule you out, rules don't rule you in either. That's the next part. If, if, 19, uh, if 16 to 19 about people trying to say, because you don't do these things, you're out, uh, versus 20 to 23 uh, about saying, well, you need to do these things to be in. And so when someone comes along and says, uh, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, verse 21, uh, in order to remain in, Paul says, no, 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 remember, it's Christ that keeps you in. And, and this same kind of thing happens to us today. People come along and say all sorts of strange things. They say, Christians shouldn't listen to rock music. I haven't heard that one for probably... Uh, most of my life, but some of you will remember when rock music came along, you shouldn't listen to rock music. Christian men need to have short hair. Christians need to wear purity rings. Uh, Christians need to, whatever it is that we pick, we pick human rules with an appearance of wisdom, self-imposed worship and false humility with harsh treatments of the body, but lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. The church is full of stuff like this. Rules that become laws that do nothing to help us. Because what we actually need is to understand more of who God, who God is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Actually what we need to do is have the Holy Spirit transform us. Actually, what we need is just to continue in the faith that we've been taught, the faith of our salvation by Jesus Christ as Lord and his death and resurrection. Learning the faith, staying connected to the faith, that's what helps us to grow. Not rules, not laws. But Jesus. So, what is it that you're doing to grow, to stick to Jesus? What are you studying? What are you reading? What are you grappling with? How are you engaging with God and his word? How are you allowing him to transform your mind and your heart and your will? It's only as you build connection with him in prayer and, and the word that you'll have any sense of restraint on these things that maybe you're struggling with. Resist the temptation for a quick fix human law and go deeper in your foundation with Jesus. The goal of this is not to know more 
but to be transformed through a deeper knowledge and relationship with our Lord Jesus. And of course, if we go back to those first two verses, the point of all of this, receiving Christ as Lord, continuing in him, being rooted and built up, built up and strengthening the faith, what happens, Paul says? You overflow with thankfulness. The fruit, actually, for Paul, of a, a life built on the right foundation is a thankful life. An English clergyman called Dick Lucas says this, to be bursting with thankfulness is a true witness of the spirit within us. For the voice of thanksgiving speaks without ceasing of the goodness of God. It claims nothing. It sees no merit in man's receiving, but only in God's giving. It marvels at his mercy. It is the language of joy just because it need look no longer to its own resources. It is an expression of dependence on another it is the speech of the psalmist and it is the natural tongue of the apostles. It is also heard on the lips of the weakest Christian on his knees. When you know what Jesus has done for you, and when you believe that, when you build your life on that, when you live in that every day, you will be a person who overflows with thankfulness. It's just not possible for it to go any other way. Because you, you realise how far short you fall of God's standards and yet how included in Christ, God you are in Christ anyway. How can you not be thankful? And it helps you to understand the true nature of other human beings, also fallen yet loved. How can you not be thankful for them too and what God has done for them if you can't be thankful for another person, you can at least be thankful that God loves them in spite of you. There's always something to be thankful for. The fruit of the foundation of Christ as Lord is a thankful heart. It, it, just, it just bubbles out. And that's a challenge to me and I hope a challenge to you as well. So what do we do? Well, we don't put rules around us. We don't, uh, we don't start trying to uh, think of how to be more thankful. We acknowledge where we've fallen short as we studied God's word. We repent of unthankfulness. We pray for God's spirit to transform us and to build our lives deeper in Christ. And then we speak. And out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, we will speak thankful thoughts. But because I'm a preacher, I couldn't resist just giving you one thing to do anyway. But, but, but take it as, uh, as encouragement uh, to live with Christ as Lord and a, and a tool for practising, not something that's keeping you in the pen of Christian faith. I thought perhaps you might like to take the thankfulness challenge, which is where every day this week you say thank you to someone and every night you say thank you to God for something or someone. Someone. 
or both? Because it does help sometimes to just practice. And uh, in a few weeks' time, we'll give you the date later, but we've got a, a potluck lunch that we're going to hopefully have after church in a, about a month's time, give or take a week. Can't actually remember the date off the top of my head. Um, what a great moment that is for us as we, as we hang around after church for lunch, to be thankful for each other. Let's, 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 let's do that. But for this week, let's just try and say thanks to someone. You can start by thanking me at the end of the service for this fantastic sermon. And then you've got today's, today's job's ticked off. But in all seriousness, Jesus is Lord. And the question is, not are you thankful, but is your life built on that foundation? And are you building on that foundation daily? as a Christian, through spending time with him, your King. Amen. Amen.